Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crime Noir. I'm very excited. I have a special guest with us today. I'm going to introduce her in a few moments. I just want to say that this episode might feature conversations that are uncomfortable. So if you have maybe are squeamish, if you're sensitive to violence, I'm just giving you a trigger warning as we begin. So I'm going to be introducing Miss Denise Johnson. She, her, her relative reached out to me on my website regarding the tragic murder of her son, Gregory Johnson Jr. And she would like the opportunity to explain what happened, advocate for her son. And I just ask that my listeners, my followers come in with an open mind. Miss Johnson? Yes. How are you today? Fine. Thank you. I'm sorry we're meeting on these kind of terms, but let's just jump into it. What was Gregory like? Tell me about him. What's going on? Oh, uh, Gregory was always a really, really good child. He um, he never gave me a day of trouble. He just, he was happy-go-lucky. Uh, he loved being outside, playing outside and climbing trees. Uh, we live in the country, so it was perfect for him um, to uh, to just be able to go out and roam around and, you know, not have anything happen to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I moved up here uh, out of the big cities, you know, and he, he, he was just, I don't remember. He was always happy. He was very friendly with other children. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loved being around people. Um, he was just a very happy-go-lucky kind of person. And where are you guys from? Um, Clear Lake, California. That's where he was born in St. Helena, nice. in the up, up above the wine country in Napa. Okay, cool, cool. And, yes. Mm-hmm. So what did he major in college, and what were his aspirations for careers? His career? <laughs> um, Gregory wanted to be a, a sports medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, his major was uh, kinesiology. And his minor was uh, political science. Oh, okay. Uh, he had already achieved his um, uh, an AA in um, in political science. Oh, nice. So he was uh, he was Gregory came to San Jose State as a scholar. He was a scholar mm-hmm. uh, in Clear Lake at Lower Lake High School, mm-hmm. and uh, he continued to excel. Uh, he was very serious about his career. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. Um, he saw me work hard. I'm. I. I was a nurse's aide mm-hmm. uh, for many years, and um, he's just wanted. You know, he wanted to. You know, have a better life, um, mm-hmm. and he wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. So that's why he chose uh, medicine. Mm-hmm. And he was getting pretty good at it. He would call me up and tell me what I needed to do for my knee. And he was just doing very well. Mm-hmm. He had he was making A's and B's in kinesiology. And uh, he had fully intended on the one of the last times I spoke with him, he told me he was he was going to graduate and he was coming out, and he was gonna go to medical school and you know, everything was just going to be great he have was very optimistic about life you guys were very close i take it yes we were very close he was the baby mm. so by then 
I had grown up and, you, you know, I think older parents, uh, I think they kind of do a lot better with mm-hmm. children. They understand a lot more. They're more patient. And, mm-hmm. and I certainly was, uh, he was certainly a joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I didn't love my other children also. I love them equally. But it's just it's something happens when you lose a child. Yes. You know, that, that empty place at the table is always there. Mm-hmm. So I think about my other children, you know, a few times a week, but it's not a day that doesn't go by. I don't think about Gregory. And how many children do you have? Three. Three. Okay. Okay. So was Gregory involved in any like extracurricular activities? What, I mean, while he was in college, what did he partake in? Uh, Gregory was um, on the wrestling team. Okay. And uh, he went to the, uh, to Texas where they had some championships. I think they, they won by uh, default. Mm-hmm. The other team defaulted, but they still won. So he was, you know, he was excited about that. Gregory was uh, into uh, power weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a kickboxer. And um, he worked at um, Bollies. Mm-hmm. It was the last job that he had before he was killed. Mm-hmm. He was working as a personal trainer at Bollies. So he was athletic and smart. Yes. Yes, and he how, was. And how old was he, Ms. Johnson? He was 20. 20. Okay. When he, when he died, he was, um, uh, he was looking forward to being a, a intern, an internship mm-hmm. with the Warriors. Ooh. And, um, you know, because he died and I didn't hear anything, uh, from the, uh, Sigma Chi headquarters or anything. So I don't, you know, I don't know how that went, how if he had already in fact, had become an internship or was going into it, but I know he was looking forward to it that May. Mm-hmm. So I assume he had already gotten it. Right. And so he did join a fraternity, correct? Yes. And what fraternity did he join? He joined Sigma Chi at San Jose State. Okay. And do you know why he chose that specific fraternity? Um, you know, I didn't know too much about fraternities or anything like that at the time that he joined and um I went when he we moved him from the uh Joe West Hall mm-hmm. he was living in the dorms into the uh Sigma Chi fraternity house mm-hmm. I wasn't too happy about it you know but I I just didn't I just didn't have a good feeling um it was an old house mm-hmm. and um I just wasn't too happy about it, but it was his choice. Gregory was working his way through college, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, trying to be his own man, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I stepped back out the way Mm -hmm. when he, you know, he wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And we just tried to support him as much as we could. Um, I used to drive down there. My husband and I, we would drive down. It's a three hour drive, three hours down and three hours back. And we go down about every month. We take him grocery shopping, you know, or just bring him money. He always sees us as a typical student. He always needed money, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, his 
you know, what his, he told me that it could help him with his career, mm. the being in the fraternity, mm. you know, um, as I said, I, I didn't know, I didn't um, uh, finish college or anything, so I didn't know about, you know, how those things go, how fraternities run or anything like that. Right. And for those listening who might not be familiar with Sigma Chi, I did a little bit of Googling. They are predominantly white and Gregory is black. So maybe that has caused some issues. Um, I've read that they've had a couple, well, not a couple. I've read that they've had several instances of racist behavior. So just to put some background out there for my listeners. So Ms. Johnson, I know this is uncomfortable, but can you please tell the listeners what happened to your son? Like walk us through those tragic events that led up to your son's death. Um, on November 22nd, 2008, uh, the Clear Lake Police Department in my home uh, town came and told me that my son was dead. Uh, Officer Stuhler came into my home and he said that Gregory had committed suicide by hanging himself. I was in the back and I had just come up front and I heard him say this on my way up and I just collapsed onto the floor. And um, um, I, was, I was screaming, my husband was screaming and it was horrible. I, I, uh, I thought that he had made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I asked him for uh, the number to the uh, coroner's office. Mm -hmm. And he had the number written on a card, on one of his cards, and he handed me the card. I called um, uh, Mike Lars first. Mike was uh, one of Gregory's roommates, and he had, Gregory had given me his number because Gregory had three phones, cell phones, and he was in between changing services. Mm -hmm. And um, he told me to call Mike if, you know, if I needed anything, you know, uh, before I could talk to him on his phone. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And Mike Lars told me that he found Gregory hanging in the basement mm -hmm. of the fraternity house and that he cut him down and sat him in a chair. He was, he said at first he was hanging on his knees mm -hmm. and uh, he cut him down and, and set him in a chair. Mm -hmm. And um, at any rate, I, I tried to call after I talked to Mike, I, I called the coroner's office and asked could I identify my son's body. And she, the, uh, her name was Claudine. She was the um, uh, assistant mm -hmm. at the coroner's office. And she answered the phone. She was answering the phone that night. And she told me that, no, I could not identify his body. That the fraternity, his fraternity brothers mm. had already identified his body. Wow. So I call my my son because that just set up a red flag immediately, you know. Um, why didn't they want me to see him? Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking immediately. So I call my son who was, uh, my oldest son was like living a half an hour away mm -hmm. from uh, San Jose State University. And I thought, well, maybe since he's, he's closer, you know, because it was late at night. It was 930 that night. And I said, well, he's close. So he can get there in a half an hour. And he told me he would call 
And she told him the same thing that we could not, they could not identify his body. It had already been identified by the Pratt brothers. And that they were insisting though, they got very, very upset and they were insisting. And uh, she told them if they came down, they would be locked out. They would not be let in. And that there would be uh, detectives in the um, driveway mm-hmm. out in the parking lot. So he didn't go. They made arrangements then to come up here, mm-hmm. which was a two and a half hour drive for them to come up here. Um, it took me the, okay, the following day, family members had come in and it took, uh, we had about five, four or five carloads of people come in from Los Angeles and uh, different places in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, we drove down to the fraternity house. I noticed as soon as I got there, I could smell the strong smell of uh, pine saw. Mm. And it was particularly, it struck me, I'll never forget that smell. Uh, because I had been there many times before and I never smelled pine salt. Right. You know, and I just, you know, and when we got into Gregory's room, first we went down into the basement with Mike Loris, where he, uh, again, he said that's how he found Gregory. His father was there with him. Mm-hmm. No other um, fraternity brothers, uh, parents was there, but his father was there with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was another young man, he was walking around, he was crying. He was the only one crying. I mm. think his name is, his name was Andrew. Mm. And um, when we got up into his bedroom, Gregory slept on a platform bed and he had to provide the mattress for it when he moved into the fraternity house. Uh, the mattress was sitting at the side, on the side of the bed. It was a brand new mattress. And I asked uh, Adam Sherman, his other roommate, was that Gregory's mattress? And he said, no, it was a new mattress. And all of Gregory's things were already packed. Wow. All of his things were already in boxes. They wanted us in and out. They did not want us hanging around asking questions. You know, and that's the impression that I got. They were, everything was already packed up in boxes. And just for clarification, so he was found dead November 22nd. And then how many days later was his stuff found packed up? Mattress moved? That was the next day. Wow. So one day later, his stuff was already packed. Yes, ma'am. His things and, were, his things were already packed up. And he did not pack his own stuff. No, he had hmm. been living there in that house for, he had been there about two years mm. and he was planning on running for president of the fraternity, which I later found out was a no-no for a black person in that fraternity. Mm. Wow. You know, so I, um, yes, all of his things were packed up. There was a brand new mattress sitting next to the be- to the bed and then his phone, my, daughter-in-law noticed that his cell phone was sitting on the television stand Mm -hmm. and she asked was that Gregory's and at first he said no and then then Adam Sherman said yes and she later went through his phone and found that the pictures were um, 
uh, deleted. Mm. That, um, oh my goodness, a lot of pictures have been deleted, and that uh, uh, something else was was wrong with the phone. I can't think of it uh, right now. But um, she asked him, and he first said no, and then he said yes. Yeah. So this is something that they didn't turn, they were supposed to turn over to the police as for evidence, mm -hmm. the campus police. And uh, it hadn't been done. And there had been a phone call made from or to that phone at 8.30 that night. Mm -hmm. Gregory, they said that they found, according to the police report, and now the police report, is with 63 pages of a pieced in reports of other reports pieced together. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's where I found that my son's case went to the homicide. This was later. My son's case went to the homicide division of the Santa Clara County um, DA's office. Mm -hmm. And it was taken over by Dana Overstreet. She was the supervisor of the homicide division. I talked with her about a week later and she told me that yes, no stones would be left unturned, that this was a suspicious case, that she was heading the case and that she was going to get to the bottom. She was going to leave no rocks unturned. She was going to find out she was a mother like me and she was going to find out what happened to my child. Right. She told me she would call me a week later for a press conference. A week came and went. I called the district attorney's office and asked to speak to her. They put a district attorney, his last name was Thompson, mm -hmm. on the phone. And he told me that she went, that she got sick and she would be gone up for a month. Mm -hmm. I called a month later trying to get back to her. And uh, the same person told me that she would be gone for three months. Mm -hmm. I never spoke to Dana Overstreet again. Ever. Ever. And is she still with the police force? She's or? retired now. She retired. did go back and she's retired now. I guess after they figured I wouldn't call her anymore, they let her come back to work. Mm. Um, the, the, uh, we went to meet with that either that Monday, that Sunday or that Monday, we went to meet with um, uh, Andre Barnes. He was the police chief of San Jose State University police, campus police. He told me he had my family came in and he looked me in my face and he told me that it was a suicide point blank period. There was no more discussion about it that he killed himself, that there was no more investigation that was going to be done. This was two days after mm -hmm. he was killed, that it was over, that it was a suicide, and that was it. Mm. But Gregory wasn't <sighs> suicidal, was he? No, Gregory had no history. Gregory was a licensed, ordained minister of the gospel. That was definitely against his faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. That kind of thing. Um, Gregory had everything going for himself. He was a handsome young man. Mm -hmm. A lot of the girls liked him. Mm 
mm-hmm. you know, um, all kinds of girls. It just so happened that in the fraternity, by him being in a white fraternity, he was around white girls most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, black people, we don't treat our ch- teach our children to hate people because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. I've never taught my children anything like that. Right. I don't care what was done, you know, in the past or, or present or what have you. I've never taught my children to hate anybody. Right. That's just, I just don't believe in that. So, um, you know, Gregory, I always taught Gregory. Gregory, yes, we had a few things up here in Clear Lake happen that were racist, but I always told him, you're just as good as anybody else. You work hard, you study, and you can excel. Mm-hmm. And don't let anybody tell you that you cannot. Right. So what do you think happened? What is your theory, your motive? What do you think happened to your son? Well, that night there was a party at the fraternity house. It was a, a, one of those pledge parties. Okay. And Gregory did not attend the party. He had to work that night at Bali's. Gregory used to ride around the campus on a longboard, skateboard, because he was so tall. They always, uh, in the picture, you see, um, I'm, I'm about five, six. My husband was six feet. And you see Gregory towered over all of us. Mm-hmm. He was 6'4 at the time that he died. Wow. He was and he tall. weighed about 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. So they had, they had his weight all, they, they were using his weight from when he was graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. He was a big guy. Gregory came in, he, he came in uh, during the party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if something happened. I do know that according to the East End report that um, he was in, that, in his bedroom last, it was him and uh, Shannon Moore. Who, was, who ended up being a um, Channel 2 news reporter mm-hmm. before she got sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the room together. I don't know if, he, if there was some kind of an altercation, but I believe it happened in that room. That's why they had the, the mattress off the bed right. and had to buy a new mattress. Whatever happened, it, ha- it didn't happen in that basement. It happened in that bedroom. Right. Um, Gregory had complained to me a few weeks before that. I called him when Obama became president and asked him, did, you know, we need to come and get him because, you know, we were warned about going out up here, you know, at night, being black people, you know, and there are a lot of people upset that he was the first black president. And he told me, no, mom, everything's fine. Everybody loved, you know, Gregory thought, because he loved everybody, everybody loved him. Right. And that's just how he thought. And he said, Mom, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine down here. Whatever happened to Gregory in that bedroom, when they killed him, they took him by surprise. That's, that's why I found, which I kind of skipped to this, by the time, it took us 13 days to get his body to the funeral home. Wow. To, okay. The, the fraternity would not help me. I have never heard from the headquarters of the fraternity period. Never. Never. No condolences, no nothing. Nothing. Even in an acknowledgement? They had a, um, the fraternity had a, 
I don't know, it was, I guess it was supposed to be a memorial service for Gregory that we went to. And um, that was it. That was it. I never talked to the grandmaster of the any high ups. It was just that those young men that were there. In the local chapter. In the local chapter. Mm-hmm. Nobody out. I never talked to anyone outside of the chapter. Wow. Okay. Um, it took, uh, we had to raise $5,000 so we could get his body home. They, they suggested that I cremate him at the coroner's office. I wasn't going to do that. Right. Because I knew they weren't telling the truth about what happened to Gregory. And uh, I, um, I'm sorry. It's okay. I get upset when I take your time. Talk about this no, everything just starts flooding in. It's okay. Take your time. Um, okay. I, um, I. It took me 13 days to raise the five thousand um, dollars. Some of it came from my oldest son. The fraternity gave did give take up a collection within themselves for thirteen hundred dollars, and they gave me that check on the day of the funeral. So that wasn't used for that to get his body home, right? Because I had to have it home here to have a funeral. Right. Um, it's okay. So we got him here. I went in. I had called an attorney at that time because I suspected that things were just, this is really, really messed up. And he was going to bring in someone to take pictures of the condition of Gregory's body at the funeral home. Mm -hmm. That didn't go through. The attorney decided not to take the case. It didn't go through. So I told my husband, I'm going with a camera. I'm going to take a picture of every inch of his body. I'm going to find out what happened to my child. I said, I dressed him. I brought him in this oh, world, wow. on, this, on, on this earth. And I've, I dressed him when he came out the hospital. And I'm going to dress him that now that he's gone. Right. We went and we took his suit, we, uh, his shoes and clothes, my daughter and I and my husband. And um, that's where they had him on a gurney in the funeral home with an attendant there. As I was beginning to take pictures, I noticed he had a six inch crack across the back of his head. Hmm. His head, and I know it was a crack because his head shifted. You could see the shift in his skull. Hmm. There was, I thought it was brain matter oozing out and it could, but it could have been that glue because they do use glues and stuff like that to glue the eyelids shut and what have you right from what i understand but i know i saw a six inch crack on the back of my child's head his head was resting on a little white box it was like a a hard styrofoam box Mm -hmm. and when i moved the box his head fell backwards in my hands Mm -hmm. and i laid his head on the table I didn't scream or anything because I didn't know at the time rigor mortis was supposed to have sat in and he shouldn't have moved at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Gregory's head was not connected to his spine. Oof. 
And when I took the pictures, you could see, I could see there were no marks that it would indicate that he hung. That's what I was looking for. Because they claim he hung himself with a 14 gauge work extension cord, one of those heavy duty electric extension cords, the orange one. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar. And they claimed that he hung. Nobody saw him after 12 o'clock. They found his body at 2.45. They didn't notify me till 9.30 that night. Nobody called me from San Jose. The Clear Lake Police Department, who would, which it wasn't in their jurisdiction, they came to my home and notified me that he was dead. So I never heard anything, not, let alone from the, the uh, I got a letter from the school when I asked for his grades, you know, expressing their condolences. But I have never talked to anyone personally about, at that school, no president. Wow, that's so strange to me. Yeah, no, they acted like we weren't even, as far as I'm concerned, we weren't even people. Mm. We were not humane enough to be given the benefit of the doubt First of all, that my son ever killed himself. You have to have evidence. Mm-hmm. When somebody's murdered or when there's an, a, a, a suicide, there has to be evidence of a suicide. Mm-hmm. My son never had it. He didn't have any marks on his neck, but he did have a six-inch crack. And that's a long way from suicide. Mm-hmm. He didn't crack himself in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. I reported this to the uh, independent auditor. Mm-hmm. who was handling police cases at that time down there in San Jose because it's so much wrongdoing down there. And it's swept up under the rug because Silicon Valley is a place um, that Obama hung out a lot. Right. You know, there are a lot of uh, uh, politicians come right out of that Silicon Valley. Right. You know, and... Uh, Gregory was never, we weren't treated like we were even human beings, let alone a grieving family who had lost their child at their university. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. To this day, I have never heard from any higher up in the headquarters of the, that fraternity, anyone higher up, never. The grandmaster, never. I never heard anything. That's when I started asking questions at the I started immediately calling the coroner's office and trying to but you see this was like 13 days later trying to find out what happened. Well, the first time I called the coroner's office and I spoke to um uh not that night I spoke to Claudine, but it was another time that I called the coroner's office. Because after we did go to the coroner's office, before we met with Andre Barnes, okay, that Monday, a couple of days later, right. and Petra Albright, who was assistant to the coroner, I told her I wanted to see my child. This was 9.30 in the morning that we were there. And she told me that they were doing the autopsy. Well, I hadn't signed for any autopsy. I hadn't even seen his body. Mm. so she went back in the back and she took a she got a copy of a picture this a photo a black and white piece of paper 
of a photo of him, just his head area and his neck area. Okay. One of his eyes was open and one was closed. His mouth was like pursed, you know, like he was squinting from being hit. That's what it looked like, a squint. Mm. Okay. It wasn't a smile or anything like that. It was a squint. And he, I could see he had no marks on his neck in that black and white picture. Mm. Okay. Now, 12 years later, the... Well, somebody from the coroner's office talked to one of the sorority because it was it's in the uh, newspaper article that they claimed that they cracked the back of my son's skull in the autopsy. Mm. Are these people crazy or what? They claimed that that picture that they showed me that 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 the picture that I had of the back of my son's head that I took at the funeral, they claimed that was their picture. Wow. And they never gave me any pictures. These people don't know, know, they wouldn't know how to tell the truth if it slapped them in the side of the head. These people lied and covered up my child's murder to either cover up for the, 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 the students that did it, the fraternity members that did it, or the police that came in. It could have been, a, they, maybe they were fighting. I don't know. Hmm. But Gregory didn't have any other marks on his hands or anything like defensive wounds, but he had the crack. So I assume Gregory was in his bed when they hit him in the back of whoever hit him in the back of the head. They cracked his skull and they jumped on him and they pulled and broke his neck. Because he has no, in, you know, usually if, if, if it's a hanging, Yes, the neck can be broken, but you got to have ligature marks. It's impossible. Agreed. He, Gregory's neck wasn't broken from hanging. It was broken from some altercation that went on inside. It was either between the campus police, the city police who claimed they weren't there. Officer Morales, who was the information officer at the time, he told me that they weren't there. And he lied. They were there. When the independent auditor reviewed the case, she named all four officers from the city that were there. Mm. Wow. So one of the three, either those boys killed my child and covered and got with the police and they all covered it up. Because as far as I can, as far as I, from what I heard, uh, fraternities do no wrong in a campus. They do whatever they want. Hmm. but not with my child. They killed my child down there. And if they didn't do it, they know who did it and they're accomplices. And they were, if that had been, like I, I, I said before, if that had been a black fraternity and a white boy was found in a basement or anywhere dead, they would have arrested everybody until they found out exactly what happened. Oh, hmm. <sighs> I'm so sorry, Ms. Johnson. I'm so sorry you're going through this and your family is going through this. I just, I don't even have the words to express my frustration just even hearing you talk about it. How have you been holding up during this time? Well, I've, I've lost about a hundred pounds. Mm. You know, I've, 
you know, I, my nerves are just wrecked. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a strong person. At least I think I am. Mm -hmm. And I could take anything, but I cannot deal with them killing my child, then lying about it. Okay. And then now they have the nerve, the absolute nerve gall to say that my husband, my son, that he, Gregory had mental issues. They have no proof. Just like they had no proof, he killed himself. Mm -hmm. They have no proof of that. Gregory's never been to the mental hospital for anything or to, for nothing. Gregory was helping other kids because he was a licensed ordained minister. He was counseling other children. Hmm. He had his head totally on straight and they had no proof of that. There has to be proof right. of suicide. And usually if that's the case, they're more than willing to give you all the pictures and all the records. They, I have to 12 years. It's been 12 years. The, the um, FBI came in, investigated this case as a hate crime because the NAACP from Clear Lake contacted them and told them they knew that that had to be a hate crime, that, that there's no way in the world that everybody knew Gregory. Greg, there were 400 people at his funeral from up here. Everybody knew him and loved him. They, the, they, the officer Kobazant came in and investigated the case as a, a hate crime. Mm. He told me after the end of the investigation that there was a, it was a 300 page report with pictures and CDs, but I could not get them. Okay. I couldn't get, they sent me 10 pages of phone conversations that I had with uh, Agent Kobazant and um, the, the other part was like a request from the FBI of records. Mm -hmm. It was 10 pages, okay? Then there was an exempt page. On the third page was an exemptions, okay? The first reason for exemption uh, of a four-year request is it's a matter of national security. That's why he told me they withheld 290 pages of wow. Gregory's record. Wow, that's interesting. 290 pages they withheld on a supposed so These people lie. They kill my child. The, and, and the FBI and all of the rest of them that had the nerve to lie about my child, they continually kill them. They killed, they've been killing them for 12 years every day. Mm. They're continually to kill him. That's what they're doing. Mm. You don't take, you don't do human beings like this. You don't. You don't do this. Mm -mm. You don't do that. And then they laugh and they snicker, you know. I have been let the coroner's office. Claudine laughed at me when I asked her why was my son's neck all stretched out of shape with no ligature mark. She told me, oh, maybe they reached in and pulled his head off and laughed. Yeah, that's not funny. These, you're dealing with some sick people who are accustomed 
to getting away with murdering black, young black men. That school has a history of it. A, they, a police officer shot Antonia Lopez in the back, a campus police officer for nothing. You're, and they're getting away with it because they have money and they have prestige and they have influence. Miss hmm. Johnson, what can the people do who are listening to this do regarding your son's case? What would you like them to do? What is the call of action? Okay, we are asking. We have a a, a list, and one of the um, one of the calls of action for Gregory is that they reveal, give us all the reports, give us all the pictures. Reopen this case. Mm -hmm. The case went to court, okay, as a wrongful death, because we, I just knew the judge would see that he was murdered. And from what I understand, when a judge sees something like that, he has the ability himself to go in and make rulings that line up with murder and not suicide. Mm -hmm. It murder, there's no statute of limitations on murder in the United States. And that's why they threw our case out. They said the statute of limitations to add in more insult to injury. He threw the case out. It, when the uh, state's attorney under Kamala Harris, okay, mm. this was under Kamala Harris's watch when she was California state's attorney. This, the lawyer, the state's attorney that came to the trial had no discovery. She brought no paperwork with her. Neither did the lady, the lawyer from Sigma Chi. They came into court with no discovery. Mm. It's like the court case had already been planned. Mm. Pre-planned. He told them to go back and in three days, they were supposed to come back with discovery. Three days came and went. And we got all the way up to the 28th day, which was two days before they would have had to ignore the dismissal, the court would have, oh, and go on with the trial. The judge issued, um, he threw the case out because of the statute of limitations. We deserve to have a, our day in court. That was a farce. I'm so sorry, Ms. Johnson. It's just heartbreaking to hear this story. I'm very, 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 very touched. I just can't even imagine what you're going through during this time. Has there been any updates on the case at all? I know like I was reading a little bit I see the family has like a change or I don't know if it's, I think it's a change.org petition yes. for call to action. Has anything come from that? No, we have um, 104,000 uh, signatures and it's still running. Um, the, there were 13,000 people that donated mm. on that, but we didn't know that they keep those donations because we're trying to get, attorneys we're trying to get t-shirt we're trying to just we have a campaign going for him that we need money to do stuff with mm -hmm. and they 
change.org kept that money. So we have a GoFundMe account. Okay. You know, we know we need so much. We need a lawyer to do this essentially pro bono because I could, I'd never have enough money to, you know, fund something like this. And I'll make, I'll be, um, I will make sure to post your GoFundMe on my social media and stuff like that and boost it so people can donate. And actually when we hang up, I'll donate as well. So anything counts. If you're listening, please go ahead and donate a dollar, whatever you have at the moment to Miss Johnson and her fight for justice for Gregory. And Miss Johnson, where can the people uh, find you on social media, contact you, anything? Okay, we're on Justice for Gregory on uh, Gregory Johnson Jr. on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, Justice for Gregory on um, Twitter, and there's a Justice for Gregory um, Facebook page. Um, yeah, we're on all three of those platforms. Uh, there's a website called uh, Who Killed Gregory Johnson Jr. So. Uh, all through all of those, you can get in contact with me. I read them all the time. I try to answer all of them. Even thank you. I thank everybody for the donations that they have made. And um, yeah, that's how you get in contact with us. And we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting. You know, it's not um, it's not okay. Right. It's not okay. And Ms. Johnson, I just wanted to once send my sympathies and condolences for you. I'm happy to use my platform to help get this into the media or for people who don't know about Gregory. I will, I'm happy and honored to use my platform to share that, his story with you. And I just want to thank you again for the interview. I will leave all your information on my social media posts. So if you know anything, if you saw anything, please, please reach out. Please, please. We're asking you guys to share the GoFundMe, follow Miss Johnson on her social media that she stated earlier, and just be vigilant. And I just thank you again for your time. 